Hello mamas, Laura here and today we are chatting all about baby first aid and specifically what you need to know about choking and gagging in a young child. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes, it's time for you to guide you through, let's take some time for you, it's pregnancy with physio. Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today, we are kicking off the baby first aid series. So we're delving into choking in a young child and the important differences between choking and gagging. Now, this is episode one of a four-part baby first aid series with the amazing Edwina Sharrock. Edwina runs the online education platform Birthbeat and is a midwife, nurse, and mum of two. She is passionate about educating mums with realistic and practical advice with her extensive online programs for childbirth, baby first aid, and baby sleep. You can find Edwina sharing all sorts of wonderful tips and tricks over at, at Birthbeat. There is so much amazing content coming up in this baby first aid series. So if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. In this baby first aid series, you'll discover the best approach to managing choking in your little one and why it's important to know the difference between choking and gagging. You'll also learn about the common breathing issues and the current SIDS guidelines in young children. Plus, we cover poisons and falls which is something that unfortunately most of us will come across at some stage in our parenting journey. I know I've personally come across all of these issues at some stage with my kids so far. Now, we also have a bonus fifth episode exclusively available to members inside the Pregnancy Posse where Edwina gives us the down low on exactly what you'll need in your first aid kit. So none of the fancy schmancy things, just the practical and easy solutions to be able to manage all first aid situations easily at home. Now, this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series, along with our exclusive member only content is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to or watch this entire podcast series right now rather than waiting for future episodes to come out then check out the pregnancy bossy i've personally taken my years of experience helping pregnant and postnatal women as a women's health physiotherapist and made this information accessible to every woman online inside the pregnancy posse so when you join the pregnancy posse i will personally guide you week by week throughout your pregnancy with safe and tailored weekly workouts tailored to the exact week of pregnancy you're in. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer all of the questions from our amazing Posse members. And there is also a lovely community forum where Posse members all support each other along with an extensive resources library, which will help you avoid the Google rabbit hole. Now, I'd love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about. Now, let's get into episode one of our four-part Baby First Aid series. You're going to love today's chat with Edwina as we dive into choking in children and how to best prevent this situation from occurring in the first place. Enjoy. Hello, Edwina, and welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to have you here. We've had such a nice chat beforehand. I find you... You and I could just talk for hours and days and I think that's why my audience loves you so much because you're like the midwife version of me in that very similar, we've got similar outlooks and I just think you are the perfect person to 
talk baby first aid, not just because you're extremely qualified and an expert in this area, because I personally find baby first aid or first aid in general to be a bit dry and to be a bit boring. But I think you have this unique ability to translate a fairly dry subject into something that's actually quite interesting to listen to. And I think you've got a really good knack for storytelling as well. So I'm super excited to get this information out to the ladies and I'm stoked that you are here talking with me. So thank you for coming Uh, on the podcast. Well, thank you very much. And actually, that's um, something that I intentionally do in my classes is teach with stories because that's how I remember things. So, you know, sometimes in first aid, the biggest thing is remembering what to do. You know, when you're stressed and it's, you know, there's this overwhelming panic, reading a PowerPoint is not going to help you remember that. Um, Remembering a story or remembering a scenario is what's going to help. So that's, and that's the way I learn. So that's, that's kind of why I do it. That's a really good point. I think that is a really brilliant way when you're in a panic mode and Mm. you think, oh, remember Edwina told me that story Mm. about blah, 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 rather than, oh, yes, on PowerPoint slide four, there was a red background (laughs) and there was four bullet points. (laughs) So let's kick it off with probably one of the most popular topics I've been asked to ask you about because I know that this gives every new parent anxiety. Let's talk about choking and choking versus gagging and what are the things we need to look Uh, out for? and how do we manage this in our babies? Okay, well, like, um, and I always say this, like everything, prevention is better than cure. So looking at why children choke, um, what are the circumstances that surround when children choke. And when I was putting together the first aid course, I actually worked with a local paramedic here, but also a clinical nurse consultant at Westmead Children's Hospital. And she is an educator there and she's a consultant and she was able to give me stories And I know this sounds um, like, you know, why would anyone want to do that? But I've read many coroner's reports of where children have passed away. And when it's the result of a choking episode, majority of the time, the children were not witnessed. So it's when children are either in a high chair and, you know, facing away from the adult or in a separate room, um, in car seats in prams and I'm really conscious that when I start to teach this every parent is like we do that we do that like you know I I've had to um bribe the children when they're a bit younger in the car seats and things but I guess the sort of part to this is to remember is it's when your children are learning to eat and they are that bit younger it really actually is important that you are quite cautious with A, supervision, B, making sure they're sitting down on their bottoms um, to eat. And again, you know, I've had toddlers. I've been there. It's really hard to do. uh, But as best you can, you don't want them running and eating. That's definitely something that we see when children choke. And ensuring that when you're introducing solids, that it's done in a really controlled way. It's not, you know, feeding a jats over um, the backseat of the car when they're that age. You know, when they get a little older, Yes, by all means. But still, when they're a little bit older, they can surprise us um, and put things in their mouth, even though, you know, we've all heard the stories, you know, three, four-year-olds still choke. Mm. Prevention is better than cures to making sure you supervise your children. Try to get them to sit on the bottom if they are eating, not running around. Yes, I think that's such sound advice and a really good reminder that 
it's not just babies. It's not just when you're starting yeah. on solids. I guess I have a two and a half year old and I, I, to be honest, don't really think about him choking because he seems yeah. so robust, but it, the right sized object, like I know we yeah. all, there was a really um, tragic um, passing of a little boy on um, an Instagram I saw a couple of years ago and it was from this uh, bouncy yeah. ball. You remember that? Yes. I and do. I looked at that ball and I thought I would not as a mother worry about that because it looks no. so big. And it was a really good reminder to me to go, anything could be a hazard. And it's not to yeah. mean that parents should just be anxious 24 seven, but to be aware and to be conscious. So do Absolutely. you have, um, some tips, Edwina, on ways that we can prevent choking from even happening in the first place. So we don't have to yeah. worry about managing it. We can just hopefully never have to deal with it. Unfortunately, the challenge is that it's developmentally appropriate for younger babies to put everything in their mouth. Like that's part <laughs> of their development. So it's this rude twist. You can as best, you know, future, like, you know, danger proof your house. But if you've got a two and a half year old, and a baby, yes. there's going to be Lego, there's going to be, you know, bits of rocks that are bought in from outside. So I am very conscious that I'm also not trying to create sort of helicopter parenting where you have to feel really paranoid all the time. So as best you can, um, you know, supervising and just being conscious of the size of the things, but yes. also understanding that even if you're out in a backyard or out a park, I still remember when Polly was about, Oh, seven months old, and she picked up a hard piece of dog poop and oh, put it yeah. in her mouth. And <laughs> oh, I just was, I was so repulsed. But, and her girlfriend just reminded me, like, this is, uh, you know, we know this, <laughs> we know the science. She's doing it to see what it yeah. feels like. Like that, like that, basically, if you pick something up in a linen shop and you want to touch it and get a feel for what it's like, yes. that's what babies are doing, yes. but they do it with their mouth. So yes. everything's going to go in their mouth. Um, so not like I don't have a magic pill. Guide magic to way. making sure. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's kind of the hard truth. But then the reality is as well, know what to do if it does yes. happen. So many people actually don't. They think that they would, you know, oh, well, isn't that just common sense? Mm. But unfortunately, I've been on the receiving end in the emergency department where parents do panic. And just say we didn't know what to do, and, and, and I, yeah, and I, and all the stories. Just so that you know, I share. I have spoken with the families. You know, we have talked about the benefit of educating other parents, and that's you know, I had the consent from the families to share. But last Christmas in our emergency department, we had a two and a half year old who choked on a sausage at a barbecue, a like sausage, you know, two and okay. a half. So, like, it's not. I wouldn't have thought twice about giving a sausage to my no. two and a half year old. And I'm not saying don't do that. You know, yes. you also don't, you, you can't put your children on puree till they're yes. like, that's not going to be healthy and good for them. Mm. But no one knew what to do. Yes. And they panicked and they tried to get that child to help rather than giving the help that was needed at the time. So mm. put the child in the car, had to like, you know, I live in a regional area and travelled to help um, mm. and I think that is probably one of the biggest takeaways is that whatever you are doing, you need to do it quickly. Mm. So our constant driving force behind baby and child first aid 
is that if that child stops breathing for whatever reason, and that can be from a great variety of reasons, and we're going to talk about some of them, you know, it might be that the child's having a seizure, choking, Mm -hmm. you know, significant fall from a significant height, loses consciousness, stops breathing, you know, whatever that is, Mm. you need to know what to do to make sure that oxygen is getting to the baby's brain. Yes. That is 100%. Every time I teach these classes and on the online program, people will be like, oh, but what you're doing looks pretty aggressive or what if you hurt their ribs or what if you Mm. bruise their back? And I'm like, all of that can heal. We cannot reverse oxygen not getting to your baby or child's brain. Mm. So you need to know what to do quickly. Like that's the thing. It's acting quickly. Yes. And that's where I, with anything, I think education is power. And that's why I think Mm -hmm. the most valuable thing I did, and granted I did it when Mussy was already born, but I did a first aid course and it was the best thing I ever did. And I think having the online version of the first aid course, there is no excuse to not do it. You can access it anywhere, anytime. And I just think it then gives you, hopefully, and I know you've said this before, Edwina, but hopefully you never have to use anything that you teach in that course. That's the goal. But we need to be ready. And like you said, it's not something that we've got time. We've we've got to do it quickly. So I think that's where Mm. having that knowledge is power. Mm. And signing up to an online course and getting that knowledge while you're pregnant, I know it can be Mm. overwhelming when you're pregnant and you know, maybe it's something that you just don't feel like you can handle right now. But I do think at least in the early postpartum phase before your child is starting to be on the move and crawl and grab mm. things and put them in your mouth, educating yourself on this topic is super important. Um, and for all those mums, you mentioned that um, Polly ate hard dog poo. And <laughs> I know that mums love sharing these stories because it okay. makes them feel so much better. For all those mums feeling terrible, Mussy ate a dirty cigarette butt. So. Oh. Yeah, guys, don't worry. We've all been there. Our child has eaten something filthy at some stage. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love that point there that you made. Um, I think there's so much focus. Like obviously you and I love supporting women on preparing for their birth journey. There's so much focus put on that day essentially when they're going to birth and meet their baby. And then either the midwife leaves or they leave hospital And all of a sudden they're charged, you know, you've got the little capsule and you're charged with this teeny tiny newborn. And I think a lot of parents think that choking and, you know, their baby hurting themselves or rolling off the change table, oh, we've got months to learn that. And they put off the first aid course and then you're really busy because you've got a little baby. So I highly encourage women and their partners to do it in pregnancy And then it's just a refresher when they need to watch it. And you don't have to get a babysitter or take the baby Mm. to a three-hour course or travel. That's why I do it online because I want to remove any barrier to parents getting access to this. And unfortunately, a lot of what I see is parents signing up after something's happened. They've had a scare and Mm. they're like, we were meaning to do a first aid course, but we just didn't get to it. And It, it sounds like I, I always I, I always am really torn between that. Oh, I don't want parents to feel scared, but I also go, but you really need to do this course. Like if there's yes. any course you need to do, you need to know what to do because there's not time to Google or like, you know, any other course you can be going, oh, I can go and find out a bit of research and I can work my way through this. Yeah. It's just that's not the case. 
Again, I think knowledge before the fact is power. I do the same with mm. prolapse and incontinence and things. I like to educate women on how to best manage it and prevent it potentially yeah. without trying to scare them that everyone is going to suffer with this. But I still think I'd rather run the risk of, you know, scaring someone a little bit mm. for the benefit of them having all this knowledge beforehand so they can manage it better. So I, I hear what you're saying and I, I still think it's so worth doing in pregnancy though, especially because yeah. you can argue that you've got better headspace for most women anyway oh, before the More newborn sleep. comes. <laughs> So I think that's super important. Now with choking, Edwina, there is a difference between choking and gagging. So can you explain the difference and how, yeah, how women would be able to work out whether their child is truly choking or whether it is just a gag? Absolutely. And um, so part of the course is that we obviously supply you with books and explanations and downloads. This little one is absolutely, I don't know if you can even see that, but this one's absolutely key. Um, it's just a free downloadable on our Instagram page, but it talks about like that initial assessment. Like what's going on here? Is the baby and with choking and gagging, so choking is the obstruction of the airway. So the tube that goes, you know, and I try and just use general language so that I'm not, you know, kind of going, what, what's she talking about? But the pipe that essentially gets the air into the lungs is blocked or occluded. So that is what choking is. Gagging, even though it may appear to look like choking, like there might be a little bit of colour change, the baby little child will look really distressed um, and it is a distressing thing to witness, it's actually like a developmentally appropriate stage, particularly when your child's learning to eat solids, and they kind of go, and, and babies, like newborns do it. Everybody thinks that, that this is just for, you know, they'll, yeah, and it's a terrible sound. It's kind of like that. And they can do it after a breast milk. They can do it after a breast milk feed, sorry, or after a bottle feed. And what the baby or child is actually doing is learning themselves, oh, that was a little bit too much or that was a high flow or, you know, what I the amount that I just put in my mouth was too much. But it's also really important that they know that you're supporting them. So as scary as it sounds and that might be going, you know, a little bit of colour change and getting really red and looking really distressed, is if the parents are going, ah, you know, and running around and panicked, it's going to mm. panic the child as well. So mm. with gagging, know that it's an, a normal stage for your baby, sit on your hands. And this is the big thing that I teach parents because if somebody's making that sound and it sounds, you know, like it does sound awful to hear, you're like, oh, gosh, oh, gosh. And they're trying to push it out themselves. Sorry, we're, we're competing with the beautiful sunlight. I said to Laura, I shouldn't <laughs> be complaining, but the beautiful sunlight that's streaming into my kitchen keeps um, knocking me on the head. But if you then, if your baby is trying to bring something up themselves, then all it is is, you know, it might be a bit of toast or it might be, you know, even a bit of puree and you go and tap them on the back, which is pretty instinctive to do. And this is why it's important to understand the difference. And that helps bring it up. The first thing they're going to do is take a big, deep breath. <gasps> you know, the relief is like, <gasps> oh, 
and that's when you can really occlude the airway. So mm-hmm. even if it's something that it's like a piece of Lego or a leaf or something they've picked up in their mouth and they're trying to bring it up themselves, okay. if it is gagging or what we call an effective cough, so that's how we define it in first aid, an effective cough or a non-effective cough and gagging will fall under the effective cough banner and we go along and go, tap, 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 you're right, and they go <clears throat> and bring it up. <sighs> The first thing they're going to do is take that big deep breath. So that's why we say really just encourage them, look at them and say, oh, yes, cough, cough, cough. What have you got in your mouth there? You know, lovely big smile on your face. When you can and if you can clearly see it, you know, like a bit of a leaf or something Mm. they've put in their mouth, by all means, grab it out. Mm -hmm. But don't go pushing. Like if you can see something, it's really important that you don't go digging your fingers in. You know, we we used to call it the two-finger swoop. It is no longer recommended because that's when you can actually push it further back down as well. And then you go into, well, if it's not gagging and it's not an effective cough, what does that look like? And then you go into sort of managing choking and giving that first aid. Yes. And so just to clarify, when you say effective cough, does that mean you can hear them coughing or you can see that they are getting a cough out as opposed to being silent? So what that cough is trying to do is the air that is in their lung, they're trying to push that out to try and occlude what, I mean, to try and sort of clear whatever is blocking and making them feel like they've got that that choking. So I guess the best way to explain it is that um, they will try themselves until they are unable to and that's Mm. when it becomes an ineffective cough Mm -hmm. and I don't like to use the sound or no sound because sometimes even with an ineffective cough so uh, like that Mm -hmm. if you're seeing color change and we go into that in more detail if you're seeing color change that's an ineffective cough even though they are making some sound. That's you know, so point. I don't yes. I don't like the sound to be the because even, you know, like if somebody has had a cardiac arrest, they mm. can actually still appear to be having some mm. breath activity. But if they're pulseless, you know, like so it's just Yes. It's like you don't want to go only this time. If there's colour change and they're distressed, you you know, but they're making some sort of sound and they've got mm. tone and they're working on it, let them keep working on it until that changes. Okay. So there's not really a time frame as such. It's not like if they've done it for 30 seconds, no. then intervene. It's just until it becomes an ineffective, ineffective cough. cough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then only putting your fingers in their mouth. If you can see something if visible, you can clearly see something. You don't want to yes. go digging around in there because you're potentially going to push something further into that windpipe. And I'm wondering with positions, Edwina, um, let's say your baby's lying on their back and they're trying to, would you move them to try and get them in like a more upright position or just leave them until it's an ineffective cough? Absolutely. No, absolutely sit them up. And if they're a baby, you know, you might be putting them up over your shoulder, not patting, but just supporting them. You're right. Cough, 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 bring Mm -hmm. it up, you know, or sometimes like this so that you can be able to see them, you know, supporting them on your hip, I mean, on your leg. But again, depends on the age of the baby. An older child, you wouldn't really expect them to stay lying down. If they're trying to bring something up, they're going to stand up. They're going to use their shoulders and effort. Um, When it gets into actually treating the choking, that's when positions change a little bit. 
Hey, mamas, Laura here. How good was that episode? I just love how real and practical Edwina's advice is. So as I mentioned, baby first age can be a very dry topic, something you can easily zone out of if it isn't presented in a dynamic or fun way. However, it is also one of the most important topics for the health of our children and to give us confidence as new parents so we don't panic over every single little thing that a child might experience. And I just love that Edwina helps us understand how to prevent choking as best as we can, but also acknowledging that gagging is normal and how to differentiate between stepping in and helping versus being hands-off. And we certainly don't want to encourage any more anxiety in new mums than there already can be. If you'd like to learn more from Edwina, you can find her on Instagram at birthbeat. And I'd love to hear from you over on my socials at PhysioLaura and let me know your favorite learnings from today's episode or if you've personally ever had to be in this position and put these learnings into practice before. Now, in the next few episodes of this Baby First Aid series, we will be chatting with Edwina about how to manage choking effectively with back blows, chest thrusts, and CPR if needed. We will also cover breathing troubles in children, SIDS guidelines, poisons, and falls, all very important topics. And if you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss our upcoming episodes in this wonderful series. Now, If you love today's episode and you want to devour the next three episodes in this Baby First Aid series, you can find this entire series along with all our other podcast series live right now inside The Pregnancy Posse. For most series of the podcast, we also record exclusive bonus content for Pregnancy Posse members. And in the bonus member-only episode for this Baby First Aid series, Edwina talks us through exactly what you'll need to have in your first aid kit. It will only cost around $80 and she covers the most practical items. So none of the fluffy, fancy things. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts, an extensive resources library on birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, and managing pregnancy aches and pains, plus a wonderful community forum and weekly Q&A sessions with me. Now, I would love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal experience. So just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. I'll catch you soon for episode two in this four-part baby first aid series where we'll be covering exactly what to do should your child start choking, including back blows, chest thrusts, and CPR. Until then, Mama, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.